What's up, it's Lynn from Paris, and you're listening to the Rock Sound Podcast. Welcome to the Rock Sound Podcast. I'm Will Cross. Jack Rogers, hello. Hello, Will. How's it going? I'm all right, yeah. Good living week. the dream. Yeah, it's been all right, yeah. I <laughs> always guess. living the dream. Yeah, always <laughs> living the dream. Tamsin's ill this week, unfortunately. So we've roped in Robert Sace again. Second week. How's it going, man? Good, good. Thanks for having me back. Mate, no problem. Smashed it last time. We actually said that last week, didn't we? This oh, yeah. Sterling it was, job. Yeah, it was lovely. We, there's no one else we'd rather have. Exactly. Standing for Tamsin. So. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So welcome back to Rob. So yeah, follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Last week, we had our new issue launch special and introduction to Nothing Nowhere, the incredible Nothing Nowhere, a chat with Joe himself to speak to you from the horse's mouth to tell you what he's all about and also why you should be checking him out with none other than Fallout Boys, Pete who signed him to his label DCD2 absolutely amazing he's uh, dropped a brand new video this week announced his first UK headline show all of that to come but absolutely amazing so check that out but this week we have a very special in the studio report with real friends we spoke to frontman Dan Lampton the band are finishing up making album 3 in LA at the moment we spoke to Dan and uh, it's a bit of a bit of a classic I think he was not holding back I was on the phone to him for nearly an hour um, so what you hear is just uh, merely a, a snippet of that. And uh, we also spoke to Milestones from Matt Clark. They've just announced their debut album, Red Lights, which has been long awaited. So uh, young, promising UK bands. And uh, again, super honest interview. Really, really interesting from Matt. It wasn't just the usual, you know, this is a new album, it's great. He, um, he was very honest in what he said about it. Turned to a very interesting chat. But that's all to come this week. Jack, you're taking the news. So let's go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Mike Shinoji has dropped three new solo songs online as the post-traumatic EP, and he had to say, this is not Linkin Park nor Fort Minor, it's just me. I don't know where this path goes, but I'm grateful to get to share it with you. Slam Dunk have announced 11 more bands, including Counterparts, Northlane, Broadside, and loads more. Best festival of the summer coming up? Yeah. Um, Nothing Nowhere has announced its first UK headline show at the Camden Assembly on April 18th, and also dropped a new song, Waster, I mean, it's good excuse to buy a bundle. Reads Rob Sace's feature, innit? Yeah, we have the man himself this week, so uh, yeah, a little yeah. bit more on that in a bit. Yeah, what did you say, Rob? Like, yeah, I mean, you should definitely, you should definitely buy a bundle. <laughs> I, I, I agree. Modest man. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> good promo. We can go into advertising. <laughs> Ollie Sykes is raising money to buy school uniforms for children in Costa Rica. More information on his Instagram. Joe Way has posted an amazing drawing on his Instagram showcasing progress on the upcoming Netflix adaptation of his comic book series, The Umbrella Academy. And Fallout Boy scored another US Billboard number album with Mania. What and what do you mean? <laughs> I just I wanted you to do an impression of one of the songs, and I thought "Expensive Mistakes" was a good a good in, choice. In in what manner? Like <laughs> if I say like. Um, what is that? I'll stop wearing black when they make a duck a collar. <laughs> Perfect. Or, or, like, it's always, or either that, it's, or go like, just, um, na 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 but the day goes by. <laughs> Legends. Perfect, man. Uh, you're right. I can't, can't, can't go. Uh, interview one. Absolute shambles. <laughs> already loving it we are um, professionals we are we do we, we promise we are interview one so an in the studio special report the band are still in the studio as we speak this is completely exclusive we spoke to Dan Lampton from Real Friends find out everything about the band's new album album three they're doing Mike Green who produced Nick Deep's The Peace and the Panic over in LA at the moment man like Dan I just I mean I've obviously spoken to Dan before and like, he's a lovely lovely guy but like you know he's obviously so excited about what the band are doing and he was just not holding back and some of the things he was saying like really really brilliant you know like we don't sometimes bands because you know you do like a bit like what I was saying you know about how the Milestones chat's different that's coming up sometimes bands can just sort of say you know this album's good we just we love this album and it's you know it can be a bit by the numbers but Dan was the opposite of this so um, I think I'll just let Dan do the talking uh, but here we go strap in Real Friends in the Studio exclusive report Dan Lampton album 3 here we go I got as much time as you need, so like I got I got like an hour, so as oh. long as you're fine with me 
changing my pants and going picking up a coffee towards the tail end of this call we're all well i won't pick up a coffee on the call but i'll walk to the coffee shop <laughs> cool yeah no, no i'm cool with that yeah so i really enjoyed chatting to you cool, and carl awesome. brixton so um so yeah basically today obviously last time we chatted all about kind of you know you guys were writing at the time and it seemed like you know there was um you, you know you're getting a lot of stuff done it's very positive so today i just want to like obviously you're hard at work on the album i want to go completely inside the album you know we're really really excited about it yeah. and just to to find everything out about it really so I guess to kick off yeah, then, so go, cool. So going back to, you know, when we were chatting at Brixton, you know, like I so say, you were, you were writing in that period and you were saying it was the first time that you'd been given proper time to write for Real Friends, you know, before you'd been, you know, pushed through cycles, you know, it was tour, then straight into a record, then tour again, straight into another record. So this was a, a real kind of different experience in that sense. And it seemed much more positive because of it. So how's that affected the album sound wise? I don't know where to start because I, <laughs> I have like eight different start points I can I can tackle this from. Oh man, okay, cool. But um, because because we were writing, but we weren't writing in the way that we would be writing at that point with us having to be recording a record in two months. So like when I say we were writing, like I was working on lyrics and we had maybe a couple songs with vocals, but the record's not wasn't done when we came here and the record's still not done right now as I'm talking to you. Um, and normally if we were talking, you'd have a possible cover story. If this was like two years ago, Dan, with how this record is at this point, you'd have a cover story where I would literally like shave my head on a FaceTime call with you. You'd put that on the cover. I'd have a fucking breakdown and it would be a big deal. Well, but it is the opposite. It is fucking awesome. We are chilling. We are vibing. Like we are just trusting people to help us instead of, instead of being too proud to be like, yeah, we're working with a producer, but they're not going to fucking help us like work on the record at all. Like we're going to finish it before we come in. Like, no, like uh, I had, um, like we, we came in August and did a session with Mike for like a week or so and like got a head start on the record, just like, you know, kind of working on some songs with Mike, working on some song ideas. And like, cause that was something like before where we tried that with the last record and didn't know how it was necessarily going to come out because, you know, we didn't know how much this dude would want to write like of it. Like we didn't know if it would be like, if it would be anything like how we write, but it was like the exact same thing. It was just a fucking extra dude in the room. It's like, if I had like, fucking joe taylor chilling like and joe's helped us work on some music before i've helped knuckle puck work on some music before it's just like it's like having an extra friend of yours that's like just kind of smoking weed on the couch while you're working on music <laughs> being like yeah dude like that sounds cool keep doing that you know like it's just like and it's just a cool way to finally look at that now because like when it, at first it's like this dude's a producer like he's funny he's cool but like i'm kind of like i don't know how to like fully approach him and stuff but then working with him more and like it's like we have songs that we finished coming into the record uh there uh dave kyle and eric like wrote like 20 songs worth of instrumental demos uh that's kind of fucking hard to for me to keep up with but it's great because it's like because it's like if i don't like anything or i'm not vibing with anything i can tell them and be like yo this one part in this song is really fucking sick but i think we can we can work on the rest of the song or take this put it in a different song and it would sound fucking awesome you know and like we can do that because there's extra music and we can be more critical of certain stuff because like there's just so much more to work with because at least in every song I hear, there's at least like one or two parts where it's like, fuck yes, this is so, so fucking tight. So let's take these, let's fucking, let's work everything we have together. See how it works cohesively. And like, so we'll either have some songs done, bring them to Mike with the real friend standard, how we've done everything before, which get, have gotten changed radically in the best fucking ways possible. Um, and your boy's going to be fucking dancing whenever we make our way across the pond and play some of these songs. So slam dunk, you're going to see my ass fucking running around on stage. It's going to be great. Um, assuming we play these songs, I don't know when this album's going to come out. Kind of just trying some new stuff out and it's just, it's fucking working and it's cool amazing man no that's so exciting because i mean yeah going it sounds so positive it sounds so much so like you've got so much cool stuff going on i mean in, in that sense you know like you were telling me before as well has this album essentially kind of you know breathed new life into the band completely then it sounds like you guys are just so stoked on everything definitely no yeah i mean because like i feel like with the last album like i just feel like i had my head up my own ass 
<laughs> trying to like perfect all of the songs that I was bringing to the band lyrically to where like that was just my focus for the album and like you know and it's just like and I feel like everybody was trying new things with the album that that's what they were focusing on instead like instead of like trying some new stuff and then like building on it like because like I don't know like as far as musically goes I feel like the home inside my head was a progression for real friends Mm. um especially like with how we approach writing music maybe not stylistically I feel like it's a huge departure for real friends but at least how we approached it like very at least real friends innovative trying new things like let's fucking try new things and this is just taking that further like I, I recognize certain stances that real friends had and like we've we've uh i'm trying to think of the term we've definitely played with the line of certain certain questionable lyrics within like relationship things but nothing that i think that was unforgivable Mm. um but things that i see that like you know because it's like a lot of things it's like natural to feel i think that a lot of things that kyle felt and that i felt when we were first starting the band out and writing lyrics and stuff were things that were natural to feel and then some things you know were immature, but that's because we were figuring ourselves out and we were figuring like, and it just anything you do, like if you don't look back at something you did and think that it's immature to some aspect, like then you're not growing, you know? And it's just like, I think we can all acknowledge that there's shit that in real friends that's just been immature, whether it's in the music or how we've conducted ourselves. And we're, you know, trying to make that right. And we're trying to, you know, like, I can, I can fucking talk all the shit I want, but if I'm not like actually trying to be, a better example now that I'm in a good headspace and can provide that for people, then, you know, I should do that, you know? Yeah, definitely. No, no. So in, in that sense, you know, in terms of this record, how different is, especially to the home inside my head, like is, is the kind of the biggest difference then essentially what you just said in terms of it is that maturity and it is that kind of, I guess, almost putting your money where your mouth is. And because you're in a good position, you're in good headspace and you're on a platform, you're going to use that for, 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 for positive effects essentially. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, Everything with this is like, for instance, like there's a song about smoking weed on this record. Yeah. I hope it's on the record, but it's not, it's not like, it's not the, yo, we're going to fucking kick back, smoke a blunt, like play video games, waste our time. Like it's actually like looking at like how I fucking was in a bad space and was abusing something that people that, that should be used for helping people out or, you know, every recreationally once in a while, kind of a nice little pick me up. And that's the way I'm trying, like, I'm trying to see if we can approach certain things that have been brought up just in a way that is, yeah, these things are talked about, but why are they talked about? Why are they brought up? Like, yeah, people are talking about smoking weed in the music, but why are they smoking weed in the first place in the music? Why are they on the couch? Why are they bummed out smoking weed in the first place? Definitely, yeah. Because, I mean, in that sense, then, how far do you want to push things? I mean, obviously, you know, you've been working hard on these songs, uh, you know, as we speak, pretty much. Like, how far do you want to push them? Obviously, you know, I know you guys are always going to keep that real friend spirit, but could this be something altogether pretty different that we're going to be hearing? Uh, some of it, yes. I think some, some of it, some people are going to hear it and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Um, and then some of it, some people are going to be like, uh, wow, maybe a pop punk band that I can actually listen to in the background (laughs) or... Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, as, as well, you know, and that's it as well in, in, t- in terms of uh, being eclectic and kind of bringing in so many different influences and doing different things. You know, you wrote with Jeremy, Jeremy McKinnon and uh, Andrew Wade before going in with Mike Green as well. And obviously yeah, you worked yeah. with Mike last year. So you've worked with different, you've done kind of different sessions. How's that been? How's that affected the Actually, record? Actually, the weed, the weed songs, sorry, the weed song <laughs> was with Jeremy and Andrew. Actually. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that, that was fun, though. Um and I forgot the end of your question because I was an <laughs> asshole and cut you off. I'm sorry, just because I really wanted to get that fact in before I forgot it. <laughs> no, so I'm your pleased. laughing is, is reassuring that it's okay. <laughs> of course, man. Um, no, that's awesome. I'm pleased but, you did. Um, yeah, but with with, uh, with Jeremy and Andrew, it was really cool because, like, um, like, Fearless, like, like has always wanted us, wanted to, like, push us, like, past, like, what we're comfortable with. And, like, some cases, like, I feel like I, and I will honestly admit to you that I misinterpreted it in, uh, in the past, uh, in the recent past. Cause like, I thought like, well, wait, like, is our, are, are we not doing a good enough job or something? Like, am I like not working hard enough or something? And like, you know, that's just not the case. Like they believe in us, you know, and that, that, that's a fact. It's just like, you know, sometimes people are going to suggest things that you might not take at first, but 
I'm glad we fucking did them. Cause like, cause we, we ended up going with Jeremy. We ended up going with people that were more artists and stuff. And like people that like see things how we do and like know how it works and know that if we're going to be there, we're going to fucking do it right. And we're going to like, like, cause like the, like the reason we're able to be so comfortable with like changing the subject matter out here and like everybody, like everything being so malleable between like whoever's in the room is because like Jeremy and Andrew, like really opened that up for us. Like that was the first time we really like, like, cause like Kyle or like me, like whoever wrote lyrics was like, give like a brief like okay this is kind of what this is about but like we went in with them and like it's just like no like what's been going on like I, like not even like with the lyrics like what's going on with you man like what's up kind of thing so and then that was something where i had like a good like a good amount of lyrics for both of those songs and then like jeremy and andrew helped a lot with like kind of rewording a lot of stuff and like writing some new lyrics entirely that like go with everything and like you know it's just really cool like because like we can like, like, I feel comfortable giving them ownership over those songs, like with us, like, cause like they helped create a, like what it is like, like, like the, that song, that band is Dan Lampton, Kyle Faisal, Dave Knox, Eric Haynes, Brian Blake, Jeremy McKinnon, Andrew Wade, and Mike Green, as far as I know. And that's fucking cool. Like and even just those two songs, that's fucking awesome. You know? And it's like, at, like at first I'd let my fucking punker than thou bullshit be like, it's gotta be real friends. And then some fucking nerd behind the board pressing R on pro tools. Huh? <laughs> but no, it doesn't have to fucking be that way. Just cause we work with other people. Like doesn't mean that we have to like pull something like Beyonce did with lemonade and have like 14 artists on a song <laughs> or some shit. Like granted Beyonce fucking kills it and she does her thing, but that's the thing. She plays her game. I play my game. Hopefully I'm killing it. I know Beyonce is fucking killing it. Like, go, girl. Like, you're fucking awesome. Like, you are incredible. Like, hell yeah. Great role model. Great person. Hopefully. Like, I mean, I don't know her. I can't say for sure. But from what I see, like, Beyonce is great. Like, I'm team Beyonce. But, like, that's the thing I can acknowledge. Like, she does shit differently than I do. And hopefully shit that I'm doing and that we're doing will work. And if it doesn't, like... I had a great fucking month out here, man. And, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll do a, a last tour and we'll make ticket prices really expensive and make some money and I can start a new band or something. I don't know, man. It, either way, if it fucking ends with this record, I'm fine with that. Like, it's really cool. I'm really happy with everything. And I think that everybody's on the same page with where they're at with the record. Amazing, yeah. Because I mean, speaking, you know, of Beyonce, or you know, bands from from the, the the rock world as well that have gone on to kind of recreate themselves, you know, like Fall Out Boy and bands like that, or even Every Time I Die, and bands who consistently kind of reinvent themselves on albums. Has do you think bands in, especially in the pop punk world, you know, and bands that you you toured with early on, that sort of thing, maybe you know, some of those bands, do you think bands limit themselves a bit by by being too bothered about labels and that sort? Because you know, it sounds like you guys are being so free and kind of organic with this album. Do you think other bands can be a bit a bit limited by kind of being bound by a genre or a label or a term? Um, I don't think so. Um, or at least I hope, I don't hope so. Mm. Right. I hope not. That's, that's the way that people say that phrase. Um, <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I think if you asked me that question five years ago, I would give you an answer that would feed into everything moving forward, probably being very limited, very mm. close minded. Um, and same with a lot of other artists, just, you know, socially, musically, just where our heads were at, just cause we were fucking kids, mm. you know, that's the thing. When I met, when, when we did Warp Tour 2013, like when I met Parker, like when I was 22, he was maybe 20. I don't know. I can't remember how much younger he is than me. I think he is though. But like, we were kids when I met like state champ dude, like Derek, Tyler, like we were kids, like Matt Knucklepuck, like. I don't think Joe was barely 18. Wow. Like Nick is a year younger than me, like 19. We were fucking kids, man. Um, that's the thing that people don't realize we were kids and we said stupid shit and we did stupid shit. Um, and some, some things that, and, and granted there are people outside of the, these groups. I think that the people that I'm bringing up, uh, some misunderstood, um, some have fucked up. Uh, but e- either way, I, I, I can see some of their perspective on things. Um, to where it's just like people fuck up and it's just like, I have to acknowledge their perspective, like, because I have it to an extent, like just because it's an artist perspective. And I think that now with how people work, with how accessible information is, with how accessible criticism is, whether it be constructive or pointless, um, it's something where we take everything 
like whether we take it to heart, like we see most of it. And like anybody that doesn't check that shit, like good on you, like do you, I love that. But like sometimes I got to check that shit. Like, cause if I'm fucking something up, if I'm not doing something cool, I want to know, you know, I want to, cause I have habits that don't sit well with other people sometimes. And if that's the case, like, I want to know why it upsets other people. And I want to know if it's, you know, like if I should change what I'm doing so that other people aren't like, if I'm, so I'm like not making other people uncomfortable and that's Mm. fine with me, you know, like, and I think that a lot of people now are like that and they want to, we want to learn from, from everybody. Like we want to be taught and that's great. And I think people are willing to teach us now. It seems like anybody not doing stupid shit right now, if you are not fucking stepping up, what are you fucking doing? Mm. Like, it's just like, we have every right now to step in. It's like, I've wanted for the longest time to be more active. And like, granted, and I've been wanting to be more active since this Me Too shit happened, but I haven't because I have shit that I have to take care of in my life. So it's just like, sometimes I want these social issues to be on the forefront. They always are sometimes for me, but like, which contradicts itself by saying always and sometimes in the same sentence, but like, <laughs> but that's, that's the thing. It's just like, sometimes, sometimes I can't even make sense of it because I have to make sense of myself before I can be that voice for other people. And I think that I'm at that point where I can at least help. And maybe I can't call out everybody that they want me to call out, but I don't have to because I know these motherfuckers. I can talk to these motherfuckers. Like, that's the thing. Like if somebody's doing something that doesn't sit well with me, like I can, like, I feel comfortable now to be like, Hey, like something you said, like, I'm not going to call you an asshole. Cause I said something just, I said things just as stupid or maybe unintentionally I should say dumb or, or ignorant. We'll say, um, in the past where I can just be like, Hey, like I did stupid stuff in the past. Like, I don't want it. I don't want people to treat you like I've been treated cause I did stupid things. I want to be an understanding voice for your, or whatever. I want to be an understanding entity for you. So just tell me what you're thinking and I'll tell you how people are seeing it. That's what I want to be. And I just think that people need to see my side, our side, and we need to see more of their side. And they are telling us more of their side. And I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, for sure. So, so lyrically then this album is it's very much about kind of understanding and, and from that a kind of positive progression then. Yes, definitely. It is, um, it is long story short, maybe this place is the same, is where the fuck are we? How do we fit into it? Home inside my head would be who the fuck am I? How do I fit into myself? And then whatever the fuck this album is, don't even have a title yet. I have, I think we have three working titles we're working with, but we don't even know if we'll go with those because who fucking cares? We're not stressing over it. I don't care. That's the thing. We don't care about that shit anymore. Dave moved to Phoenix. I left the South suburbs. I live in Chicago now. Dan, like three or four years ago, Dan, now I'm a fucking poser. I live 10 minutes away from Wrigley Field. Me, like, talking about this right now, Dan at any point a while ago would say that Dan right now is a fucking asshole looking for attention and just trying to tell people that he lives in the city. But I don't fucking care. Like, we're just, like, like that's the thing. Like, we figured out who we are. We figured out why we are, where we are, and where we were. And now we're just okay with that. And we want to listen now. Like this is us being okay with that and moving forward. Like what's good with you, bud, what's happening on your end kind of thing. But I can't even say that for sure. Cause that's the next record. I need to think about this record. This record's not fucking done yet. It's a, everything is a double-edged sword and I'm okay with letting my hand bleed a little bit. At least me, I'm not trying to fucking play the game. I'll mm, play yeah. Monopoly, you know, but I'll play the, the Mario version or the Zelda version. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm just going to have fun this time. You know, not that I didn't have fun before, but we're all going to be on the same page having fun. Right, Brian. <laughs> yes. Brian's giving me a thumbs up and walking away. Yeah. Shout out, Brian. I don't think Brian, <laughs> hell yeah. Shout out, Brian. Make sure Brian gets in the article. <laughs> it's, and it's not punk it's not anybody trying too hard it's just like we don't give a fuck because it's it's just everything's working we don't have to there there are no like all the fucks that needed to be given are already there and we're just working with them like there there's no ex, like no extra fucks are coming out of nowhere to fuck us you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah like it's it's just us it, it's just fucking 
hard on our sleeve bullshit, but it's our heart on our sleeve, and maybe it'll end up on yours someday. Right, I'm going to send this out. I'll bring Robin first on this. What do you make of it? Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, he sounds incredibly engaged, and the things he's talking about, I mean, just can't wait to hear it, really, to hear what they're working on. Uh, like the, sounds like they're taking risks, they're branching out, you know, they're being really fearless as well with what they're doing, which goes such a long way these days. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's especially cool as well how they're kind of opening up and working with new people, you know, expanding their horizons. And I mean, their records so far have been uniformly great. So I've kind of got faith that however far they take it, it's still going to feel like real friends. It's still going to be great. And it'll be really human and kind of powerful. So, yeah, really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was a fun chat as well. You know, some of the things he was saying, like the stuff about Beyonce and like, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's, not, he, it. he's not wrong, is he? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Like, you know, she's killing it. He's killing it, hopefully, you know. Um, absolutely brilliant. I was cracking up. Jack, you're a real friends man. What are you saying? Um, my main thing with this chat with Dan is... I always think there's something to be heralded about um, artists who aren't afraid to just say everything which is on their mind to someone who maybe they may be told not to say it to, in our case, like going to a publication like us and and he's just like throwing the book out and saying, you know what, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to like be completely transparent. And the biggest thing I took away was how he's kind of, poo-pooed on what the band have done before um, and like the, the legacy which they've already carved out as like a pop punk band like one of the breakout ones of like the internet era from the Tumblr era like talks about the immaturity of their music when at no point there the hasn't really been like noticeably of that like mm. real friends have always stuck to very real subjects and about like depression, anxiety, and like the effects that a failing relationship can have on you. And to call like that, like like two albums, two EPs, like immature and like kind of like wanting to shoo away from that and do something new. It's really interesting. Like you don't hear many people talking like that, especially saying that out loud. Like we've had a lot of chats like in the past few weeks, like past months, where right. people have said, like when Patty was talking about the upcoming third as it is album, like he's shooing away like the old stuff. Like bands are getting more honest and they don't, they're not sugarcoating like how they approach things. Like before it used to be like, oh, well, I know this is our best work, but we're proud of it before. It's like people aren't afraid like they used to be to like go, no, we, we don't like it anymore. We're completely mm. reinventing. And yeah, it's just, it's a really. It's a brave move, but it's like one which kind of like holds a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, there's a, there, you're right. There's a lot of this, isn't there, recently, especially like with us doing these interviews for the podcast and stuff. Like there's a lot of bands and sentencing, like you say, kind of shooing away with, with the older material. I mean, like, Rob, what, what are you finding of that? I think it's great, you know, that level of honesty and reflection, really, because all of us as human beings grow and, and artists are, are no different. And, you know, we're not going to be inspired or reflecting on the same things we were even a year ago or let alone five or ten years ago so I think it's really cool um, and, and inspiring in a way to, to hear people who have created like great art but also want to do more mm. and I feel like they've grown not just as artists but human beings in that time so yeah it's it's an exciting time to be talking to musicians honestly like when people are you know being comfortable with being so open and, and human you know absolutely yeah and no, i totally agree well super exciting to say straight from the studio with real friends album three uh they're over in the uk for slam dunk like man so exciting so um i guess we'll let we'll talk about it more when we've got the album um jack what's your real friends jam oh i'm i'm an old school boy uh, i'm pure floorboards oh yeah um but i think some of the best stuff they did was on um yeah, I, I've always loved um, three songs about the past year of my life. And I think um, Hebron is just one of the most beautifully emotional songs. Like where Dan screams the last line at the end, it's just stunning and I think that's it's one of the songs which made, made me realise that it set them out from the rest of the pack definitely yeah no I'm going to go on the same note I mean like um, High Hopes I, it, like if we're going really old school like that song for me is just like 
you know that band early had something special you know and I think we'd like home inside my head man I think I think you know empty picture frames um, and uh, me and Dan this wasn't actually in this edit of the chat but me and Dan chatted a lot about the song Mess from that album and he um, he said it took him a while to, to kind of like that song um, and for me like I just I don't know it's just got such a fallout boy Saturday vibe to it I just, brilliant like super subtle but just what a banger Rob yeah, I'm never, not entirely sure because I feel like it stands out a little bit on its own on the record, but uh, Colder Quicker yes. from the home side of my head. Really like interesting, direct, catchy, but it also reflects a lot of the same themes as the, as the rest of the record does. So yeah, it's, it's a little bit of an outlier, but a kind of a really enjoyable one. Um, so yeah, if there's anything remotely like that coming, that's uh, definitely you know, thumbs up from me. Love it. So, so exciting. Can't wait. Right, Jack? Listener ruddy questions, lads. So last week we started off with uh, a new take on this where we talked about uh, the weirdest bit of merch that um, you own. Well, this week we'd asked, uh, where's the most unexpected place you've met someone from a band? And there were some absolute corkers. (laughs) So um, Poison Pens, like this is the best thing ever. This like... I worked in Greg's for five years, and I, I, if this had happened, oh my god! Like Poison Pen's brother met Gerard Way in a Greg's, like he was served by him. It's mental. It's just if, if, if that had happened, if you'd have served Gerard, what would you, you wouldn't come back? I'd probably get sacked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd make him any sandwich he wanted, right? like any sandwich. Like, I'd, every ingredient there, I'd chuck it all in. Like, pack of quavers free. Like, four sausage rolls. Nah, don't worry about it, mate. Get my discount. Yeah, sorted. Getting to sign a state bake or something. Um, Conrad Rancid lifted Ollie Sykes up to crowd surf at a newfound glory show. Nice. Sure. Um, Pumpkin Queen met Hayley Williams at Un- Universal's horror Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> J underscore Swerving met state champs at Disneyland, which standard so standard it's like like it's with that one it's almost like uh you expect people to say oh i met creeper at disneyland it's like well of course you do like it's where they live it's where they live um shing plays drums met beartooth at a conveyor belt sushi restaurant in tokyo which is sick um lunacy fringe they never go anywhere but a sister met matt uh, met West from Neck Deep at a uh, local Christmas market and also met Paris in and Mackey's in uh, Donny. Um, for for people who aren't from the north, that's McDonald's in Doncaster. <laughs> which I can tell you, like, Doncaster is not a place you'd expect to see um, Paris at all. They'd be getting some funny looks from... It's a mad those, image, that, isn't it? Yeah, they'd probably get it for blue Grebo moshes. <laughs> Leave some chicken nuggets for us. <laughs> and uh, Walking Jed saw Bring Their Eyes in using the normal urinals like the rest of us plebs at Reading uh, 2017. <laughs> which, if it's the one, if it's the ones I'm thinking of where the urinals there, it's like just a massive green. Yeah, yeah. Where it's, like it's you're, you're, you're making you're making eye contact with the guy straight across from you. <laughs> if you just look up and see him, for the Ollie Sykes stood there. Uh, all right, mate. Right. <laughs> what are you doing here? What does he look like? Um, with it, I was, I've been trying to think who I've met in random places. I met Brendan from um, Counterparts in Woody Grill across from um, the Underworld. And he was just getting himself a fluffle and halloumi wrap. And uh, there was loads of people coming out of that show going, Oh my God, it's Brendan from Counterparts. And I was just like, All right, mate, fluffle and halloumi, good choice. But- <laughs> I think I think that's the best I've got. Yeah, my, my one and only story, which I, I feel like I, I tell at regular intervals, um, is uh, when I ran into the guitarist from Blur in a toilet in Brighton <laughs> and uh, had a conversation about hand dryers with them. So, uh, yeah, my, my rock and roll... If I ever have an autobiography, it's just going to be beginning that story, death. <laughs> um, and, and that's just how I want it, really. So, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Big up Graham C. Um, yeah, what was our fave of that lot? Oh, Joe Wayne. Just got to be Joe Wayne. Yeah, yeah. It's a Joe Wayne. So I, I think Paris in, uh, in Paris the Donnie Zaki yeah, yeah, is an honourable mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so bizarre. I yeah, love it. <laughs> Amazing. Nice one, lads. 
Amazing. So, new issue. So, Nothing Nowhere bundle is still on sale. Although, you guys out there had so many tweets, so many guys talking to us, bands, you know, readers, everyone saying they found this amazing new artist they can't get enough of. The Reaper Bundle is still available. We're halfway to selling out, but you can still pick up at shop.roxanne.tv. If you like what Nothing Nowhere is all about, features an amazing limited edition cover, exclusive hand-signed print, enamel pin, premium patch, vinyl stickers, and limited edition art prints. So, so good. Free worldwide shipping as well, so no excuse. Get on it, shop.roxanne.tv. And of course, we've got the man who wrote that feature right here with us right now. Yeah, it's an incredible experience, really. Like, I didn't know really what to expect because there's so little out of them out there other than his art obviously um and that's you know connected with us pretty much immediately all of us here at Roxanne really mm. since since the first time you know we played one of his songs so yeah and he was a really interesting engaging thoughtful guy um and you know had a really interesting chat with him as well which was uh yeah just kind of a really memorable one you know um and also I'm like really soaked that uh people are kind of well buying it obviously but <laughs> But also so like engaged and like inspired by what he's doing, just like we are, because that's what it's all about. Really, going like, here's a guy we think is doing something brilliant. You know, we hope you guys think the same. And you know, the fact that that is the case for some of you it means means a lot to us. So yeah, because I mean, you know, obviously you've done so many interviews, you know, over the years, and everything. It feels like sort of knowing you. It feels like this has really struck a nerve. Yeah, totally. I mean, his music has like there's there's so many things in there uh, for better or worse. I can kind of you know identify with, and it's uh, it's you know it's really candid, it's really human and personal, and you know that I think it's something that you know you can work in music, but you still go to music to help you get through stuff mm. and to you know to to feel things essentially. You know, um, and his music, you know, Reaper, and even further back is is fantastic for that. Um, it's so honest and you know interesting and thoughtful and original and uh, I'm, I'm glad we've been able to do this because you know it's it feels like a special one to I think to all of us but particularly I, I feel like it's that that for me and I'm glad I got to do it definitely amazing well, it's an amazing feature and you know just heard it from the man himself so shop.rutsound.tv get on it it also includes a slam dunk poster special featuring sl uh, slam chumps state champs good charlotte knuckle park slam chumps <laughs> I remember having slam chumps for my, for my dinner yeah. for <laughs> right, <laughs> featuring state champs, Good Charlotte, Knucklepuck, Paris, so many more. Shots of Paramore and Fallout Boys' recent London shows. Chats with Jeff from Waterparks that our very own Jack did. And state champs Ryan Scott Graham, of course. Uh, my chat with Beartooth's Caleb Shomo, Boston Manor's Henry Cox, The Secret Rockstar, so much more. Shop.rocksound.tv. Spotify playlist as well, an updated rock sound chart. Follow us on there. Um, of course, as of last week, Waterparks banger, not Warriors, is top. Do -do -do -do. <laughs> it's become a regular feature uh, Scuzz TV show new issue new episode daily on Scuzz and as we say loads going on online as well rocksound.tv get involved follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter super exciting stuff but interview two Milestones they've just announced their brand new long awaited debut album Red Lights so we caught up with Matt Clark frontman extraordinaire to uh, and Jack's very good friend to <laughs> my good friend Matt <laughs> to talk all about uh, you know why there's been uh, what turns out to be a very specific reason for that weight kind of taking the power back into their own hands in a, in a saturated and rushed music industry and um, you know like we were saying about Dan just a lot of honesty in this chat you know if you're a Milestones fan if you're intrigued by Milestones you know because uh, that EP generated a lot of buzz um, I think you should get involved with this so yeah Matt Clark Milestones debut album Red Lights Let's go. Okay, so obviously album's really strong. Um, you toured all around America with Mayday last year, um, and that was on the EP. Mm -hmm. That was on Equal Measures. Um, and you've kind of come mm -hmm. out and said that you know, especially in comparison to the album, now you know you're not you're not so proud of the EP and that sort of thing. You're not sort of so into that. So how was that experience mm -hmm. doing that on those songs? Um, it was good because it was a test because we you know we were playing songs that we had fallen out of love with. Um, but we had to kind of reinvent them. You know, like the songs that people hear live are generally, well, for the EP at least, were generally a lot different to the songs that they heard on record because we we recorded, we wrote the record, the EP, when we were 16, 17 years old, you know, and now we're 20 years old and we're more experienced and 
more kind of weathered as musicians than as people. Um, and obviously you pick up things as you go along and um, we had to make the songs better. We, you know, added, and it's only little things. It's only like, you know, changing, uh, like the picking pattern to be kind of more uh, in the pocket with the drums and having the vocals kind of shining at little parts a little bit more. And um, we always try and create moments in our set, like, Cutting all the music and just having me screaming without a microphone, and that's also, like, you know, those kind of things are the kind of things that um, make you have to kind of adapt to the fact that you aren't playing something that you want to play every single night. But at the end of the day, you've got to still impress people, and you've got to still create longevity for your band. So um, America was awesome, and I think, like, given the fact that you know we would have rather been doing it on new songs, but we didn't, we weren't, and that was the situation we were put in. So we just made made the most of it. Definitely, yeah. Because I mean, what you mentioned, you know, that you mentioned you were very young when you uh, when you put those songs to record. Like, what what is it about the EP, especially in comparison with the album now? What 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 is it that you you weren't you weren't so keen on looking back? Um, I just think we've become a million times better musicians. Um, I think I think the main difference between the album, and I, th- I think this is obviously because we were a lot younger, um, you know. We were, we were very fortunate to be able to release a record on a, you know, a good label when we were only 17, 18. Um, but we, we knew that the time was ticking kind of thing. We weren't going to be young forever. And whilst we're releasing our album when we're 2021, um, we had to grow a lot. So we, we, we've really, you know, I, th- I think the main thing that the difference is between the two is we've learned how to write catchy songs without them being poppy. Like we we can write like for example, Paranoid, right, is one of the catchiest songs on the record, but yeah. it's also the rockiest, it's also the darkest. Yeah. And I think like what we had to learn was that you can write a pop song. You can write not pop, but you can write like a catchy song that can also have not sound like a pop song, you know? Um, I think that was the main difference between the two. You know, Calm Disaster, for example, is probably the one which people like the most, but it's um you know, it, it's a bit too poppy for this world, maybe. Um, it doesn't really have much to it other than the melody. Um, and likewise, Shot in the Dark is probably the second most favorite, and that's the complete opposite. That The music is great, the kind of, like, dark side to it is cool, but it didn't really have any catchy moments that made people stick to it or make it a single. Um, so really, it was just about combining the two. And we didn't have that chance, <laughs> so we had to wait till June to, to have that chance put in the little things that um, I think make the album worth it. I think that's, that's the thing that makes it a good album into you know a strong album. And I think I'm pleased that we waited this long because I don't think we would have ended up with the album we, we have got. Definitely. So it was all about kind of getting it, getting it completely right and putting those finishing touches there that, like you say, we're going to bring it up from a, a solid album to a, to a brilliant one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was saying this to someone the other day, but like, you know, you look at all those 10-year anniversary tours that have just happened and labels and management and, you know, just the, the industry in general, none of them forced those bands to, re- to release their first album within the first, you know, straight away. Mm. We, we've definitely fallen into like an industry where things are always rushed and bands always have to release an album every single year. And we don't want to do that. We want to like release albums that we're proud of. And, you know, like, like, like the Lesser Romantics album, for example, you know, they didn't release that for two, two, and two, two years. I think it was when we told the album before they actually released it yeah and it's like we, we want to do that because those songs grow on the road and those songs you know you change things like like the same with equal measures like we we wrote the, the record and then we started hating playing them and we had to change them in order to fall back in love with them had we released the, the versions of them that we've got now i think bp would have done a lot better like it did fine it was it was good it did you know a great job for us but you know, it's always it's always going to be better to wait and, and give you the best one you've got. Definitely, yes. Yeah. So, so going into Red Lights, then is that very much how that differs? How this album differs from the EP in that you know you gave it the time it needed and you didn't you you kind of overstepped where where with equal measures it was you know you put the songs down quickly and then you ended up you know wanting to change them after they'd been recorded. With Red Lights, it was very much that you'd you you made them as perfect and as exactly as you wanted the songs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we wrote like. 60 different demos. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a, like me and Drew just used to live at the studio. Basically <laughs> that's what we used. Like 
it was kind of I, I'm not I'm not even joking. Like we we slept on the floor in the studio for months on end, and we'd only go for showers every weekend because that was where our producer lived. So we'd go to our producer's house on the week on the weekend, have a shower, then sleep there for another six nights on the floor in Sheffield in the winter, and it was like oh, negative one degrees. We'd have like literally we'd go to sleep at like two a.m. and we'd be woken up at like seven a.m. because it was so cold, and we'd just do that all day because we just wanted the best album possible. Um, and we did that for about on and off for about a year, like throughout the kind of first part of equal measures. That's what we were doing when we weren't touring. Um, we were like, well, do we go home and get like a retail job or whatever? Or do we go and go inside the studio and have, you know, we had a budget of about 10 pound a day for uh, 10 pound a week for our food. Sorry. And we were showering once a week. And we were, I remember I woke up on my 19th birthday and um, we went to sleep at like 3 a.m. And I woke up. And the reason why I woke up was because I had Drew's breath on my face. <laughs> because it was like that cold. It was negative five, right, in Sheffield. And I felt his breath on my face. And I woke up. And he was like, happy birthday, mate. I was like, Thank, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, it was horrendous. And then I woke up and I was like, well, I've not got a present, and then Phil, our producer, came in with some boxes, and it was all good. Amazing, <laughs> <laughs> blimey! So it sounds yeah. like a pretty intense experience. So, I mean, going through all that, then you know, and going to those measures to make sure that you know this is exactly what you wanted to do with the album. Does it feel almost like a like a relaunch for the band in a way that you know this is very much this is what yeah. milestones are about? Yeah, definitely. I think I think with with equal measures and stuff, I think what it did for us was I think a lot of people listened, liked it, but didn't become fans. You know? Yeah. I think I think that's what that's what for a lot you know, we've got some great loyal fans. Um I think most a lot of our fans are fans because of our live performance or because of us as people, because we, we love our fans and we we spend time with them. And I think a lot of people appreciate that. I don't think it's because of the recordings. And I I wanna change that. That's what Red Lights is about because Red Lights for me I think will, like you said, relaunch the band into being a band that has fans from the first listen rather than, you know, I, th- I think, I think all our fans so far are going to be loyal fans throughout it all because they, um, they kind of liked us because they saw us live or because they, um, or because, because they, you know, got to know us as people or whatever. But I think with red lights, hopefully it'll, it'll, make people believe in us again really yeah definitely because i mean you know like you were saying about about especially kind of how this album's going to affect that your fans in the uk and you, know, you spent a lot of time in america and that substance that we're talking about is that what you want people to pick up on with this album is that kind of how especially with this sort of vertical relaunch of the band especially fans in the uk you know is that something that you really hope they latch onto and kind of why they should really care about this album essentially that that real substance that you worked so hard to put in there yeah, I mean, I hope so. I hope kids get a different feeling every single time they listen to a different song. Um, I think I think the record is refreshing in nowadays industry because it's you know different. I, it's not different as in like it's not unique. You know, it's not. Um, I don't. I don't want to say the album's rubbish. <laughs> <it's> not, um, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that. I'm trying to get the right words. It's not. It's not new. Is what I'm saying. But it's not the same. And that's like important now. And I think like, I think the, the issue that we have at the moment is like a new vibe in the band is like quite over, overlooked with some band, some people because they know, they think they know what they like already. Mm. Um, I think this album is, is not the same as every other band's album out there at the moment. You know, you could put us with a million different bands on this record and we wouldn't sound like, many of them. I think it's very much a throwback album with a modern twist. So I think, I think, I hope kids listen to it and they get the same feeling that the kids got when they listened to their 10 year anniversary tours for the first time. You know, we don't want people to listen to it and go, this sounds like when I was, you know, this sounds like 10 years ago, but we want the kids to have the same feeling that those kids had because I, I'm not sure how many bands will have 10 year anniversary tours. You know what I mean? Now, yeah. I don't know how many albums are as special as they were 10 years ago. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's interesting you say that. I mean, is it has it been quite daunting? You know, as as a, as a very promising, you know, young British band, has it been quite daunting, kind of existing within, I guess, the pop punk field? Because you know, obviously, you know, with the success of bands like Neck Deep and stuff, it's become so flooded with with bands sounding the same yeah. essentially. And it kind of sounds like, but what you're saying, you were very much with this album conscious of that and trying to to get round it essentially with something with, like we say, much more substance. I think. I mean, don't get me long, wrong, I love those bands, you know, like, listen to them all the time, think they're really good, but we're not them, and we can't do what they do, and we don't want to do what they do, because we've got our own style and stuff like that. Um, and I think we, we were definitely conscious of it, because we, we, we feel we were kind of boxed, put in that box from the start. People thought we were going to be, you know, another pop punk band with, you know, another neck deep or whatever, but we're just not that. We're not, you know, we're not knuckle puck. We're not neck deep. We're not, I don't know. We, 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 I, I think our music's a bit more poppy and a bit more emo to, than that. Maybe I, I don't put us in that box at all. I put us more in the, uh, I don't, I, I don't know who, Mayday for a desk, you know, yeah. all time low. Those, those kind of bands. I mean, do you think that there is, you know, uh, a problem essentially? You know, we're talking about 10 year anniversaries and sort of I'm not sure how many more of those there can really potentially be because, you know, there are there that many more albums that are that special? I mean, do you think, do you think that it's got to the point where bands are kind of, you know, it's like, oh, this album's going to have an anniversary in this album and that sort of thing. And it's almost kind of reducing the, 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 the specialness of all these things. Um, I mean, maybe. I, I do think... I think what it is, it's, I think bands are going to have the 10 anniversary tours. Uh, I think they're, they're still going to exist. And I think they're still going to be as important. But going back to what I said before about how bands are rushed to write their first album, I don't believe as many bands are going to have their 10-year anniversary tours on their first album. Mm. You know, like <clears throat> like some, you know, you look at um, like Mayday Parade or Sun 41 or, you know, those bands, they had their their anniversary tours and they, not some 41, who was I thinking about a single one? <laughs> um, and, uh, and they, you know, they had their first album anniversary tours and they did really fucking well. And those albums did well from the start as well. So like, I, I don't, you know, we look at state champs and neck deep. I think they're going to be fucking huge for ages. And I think they're great. And I think they're really good bands. But, which album was the best for Neck Deep, you know? Mm. Which album was the best for State Champs, the second or the third? And, like, was that... I, I don't know why that is. You know, maybe bands need longer to, to learn nowadays, but... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 just, I just think that the 10-year anniversary tours were different back then because bands were given more time. And I, w- I wish bands were given more time, but, you know... They can't because no bands make money anymore. So we've got to get it out as soon as possible. <laughs> because it is. I mean, like we're saying, you know, bands are kind of, you know, a new band comes out of nowhere. Everyone's like, oh, they're great. And then all of a sudden it's like, right, studio, debut album out now yeah. kind of thing. And it, I mean, you know, we talked about, you said that, you know, it's like these songs are uh, it's stuff that you've been influenced by over the years, but with a modern twist. So it finds a really nice kind of cool middle ground. Um, do you think that that's what's mm-hmm. going to make you guys stand out and make this album unique, essentially, that, you know, you're, you're kind of very conscious of how you know the music industry is and how not to get too compelled into nostalgia but too not too compelled into being totally like you know completely unique mm-hmm. and something weird you know is it very much about do you think that because yeah. you've, you've put the time into finding that middle ground that's gonna be you guys kind of greatest strength essentially and people are going to start taking notice i think i think the greatest strength of the record um you know I, I can't really say. I don't, I don't think we're one of those bands where it's like the branding's only good and the music's shit or the music's really good and the <laughs> branding's shit or the message isn't really that. I think just generally, I'm just really happy with the product and I'm the kind of... Per- I mean, you, you know what I'm like. I'm the biggest fucking like self-critical bastard in the world. So, And I turned away from this record and you know we wrote this record six times and every single time I'd go, it's not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet. It's not good enough yet. And we finally got to the end and you know, a producer was like, what do you think? And I was like, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and like, that was the moment where I was like, this is a good album. I'm happy with this. 
And I think, I mean, for me, as a lyricist as well, this is an album that I think is going to be positive to kids. And that's, that's the main thing for me, because I, I, I think we've got a huge issue at the moment with, you know, kids listening to music and uh, becoming more upset than they were when they finished listening. Mm. Uh, when they started listening, sorry. And I think this album's gonna gonna really be refreshing in that way in terms of seeing, having kids talk to us and hear interviews and stuff like that and go, those people have been through what I've been through and they're kind of telling me how I can, you know, help myself. Definitely, yeah. That's really, really interesting you say that, actually. Yeah, I just, what you said on, on you know, people listening um, and becoming, you know, more upset and feeling more sort of, kind of shit, you know, than before when they, when they started listening to the, the songs. I mean, yeah. what what is it you mean by that? Is it kind of bands or, you know, artists essentially singing about irresponsible things and that sort of thing and kind of not, not offering any form of help? Not so much as that, because I mean, like 18, for example, is just about being young and being reckless. And I think it's more so when kids maybe will listen to the interview, they'll listen to or read into red lights that they'll realize that I'm not thinking about that these things are wrong. I'm just saying that there's lessons to be learned from them all. Hmm. And like, we are all always learning. And I think when I, when, when I like, let me think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go for it, man. I, I, I think, I think the thing with this record is that kids are gonna, I hope, will read into it. And I think when they read into it, they'll realize that the thing that they're still upset about that they did a year ago, um, isn't bad because it's about what they do next, which is important, you know. And that's what this album's about. It's about you know not listening to what people say and not focusing on what the world's telling you what to do and not getting caught up on the past it's about moving forward and and running red lights that's where the album comes from um to kind of like not stop anyone in the world and more importantly when you tell yourself to stop um so i mean i I just think we live in living in an industry as well where whilst you know we're all trying to tackle like mental health issues as well you know really badly and stuff like that there are like quite a number of um you know, things in the industry at the moment, but if anything kind of like makes it a fashion and, you know, there's, there's t-shirts out there that I've seen from, I can't remember. Um, it wasn't like any bands like in this world or anything, but yeah. you know, they kind of promote it and make it fashionable to be depressed. And I was just like, that's not the way that you move forward from this kind of shit. The way you move forward is talking and through like understanding that these people on the stage who you look up to have been through or, are going through what you're going through as well. And that's what makes up makes a room special, knowing that, you know, all those people in the room, especially the people on the stage who, you know, are putting this limelight are just human beings going through what all human beings go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think we've kind of separated that whilst we're all trying to tackle it. And that's really positive. I do feel like it's becoming too much of a, uh, a trend, not a trend made by people, but made by like, bands or whatever to like stay sad right seeing as he's your uh, your best friends uh, <laughs> BFFL <laughs> you go first Jack what are you saying um yeah it's it's really interesting um hearing Matt talk in this way and it's what we've said already with Dan about like old music um because I saw Milestones when they played with Gospel Youth in September and all they could talk about was like the new album that was coming and they were played like nearly the whole set was like new songs and you could tell there was a glint in their eye for those new songs compared to like the old ones where like Ugh. it like they just got back from three months on the road with May Day like where they've been playing every day and you could they were just tired of those songs and it's what it's what he said about like those songs growing on the road, like you, you growing as musicians as well on the road. Kind of adapt, like the meanings of songs completely change, like how you feel about songs change, and you can hear that in his voice now. That like when because you went straight in on him, like you said, you've said you don't like these old songs anymore, and a lot of people go, oh no, we're fine with it, but he's like, no, we don't, like we really don't. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, um, and then like with this new album which is coming, which like. 
it's like Paranoia's already out and people if you haven't heard it go and listen to it it's yeah you've been singing that I sit next to Jack in the office he's been singing that so yeah, much yeah it's a ba- it's a straight up <laughs> band like it's it's just perfect pop rock but like with feeling behind it like it's there's something about it that like the, they've been working towards and you can tell like as the chat went on like you can tell the relief that like he's able to talk about this sort of thing now and yeah it's it's a really exciting time like it feel I feel as though Matt has felt kind of like chained to like um, equal measures and like the early days of the band and now they're able to like spread the wings a lot more definitely yeah I mean Jack's completely right and I, mean, I think you know if you're intrigued about because he said something interesting um, about that he thinks that maybe that you know people were interested by equal measures but people didn't become fans black people became fans because of their live show and from getting to know them as people and that sort of thing I think if you know if you're into bands like All Time Low even bands like Waterparks and stuff definitely get involved with this album like songs like Paranoid there's a song in there called Bittersweetheart things like that really just really big awesome pop rock kind of emo tunes um, Rob you feeling the album? Definitely, yeah. I mean, I know it's one of those that people go like, oh man, you're not ready, it's a big jump forward, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, sure, whatever. But uh, it really is. You know, it really is. There's some absolutely huge songs on this record and fair play to them. They've taken some big risks and, and pulled them off. Um, and yeah, like, like you both said, it, it's really cool how they've kind of been so open about how much they've grown and, and kind of, you don't, you know, you don't have to disown what you've done, but you can do interesting new things with it and move on, and that's exactly what they're doing. Um, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what doors this opens for them. There's so many different bands they could tour with. There's so many different ways they could go with it visually. Like it's, it feels like a real new kind of, I don't know, a new chapter for them. As, as cliched as that may sound. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we like to see your five sauce vibes on the album. They really are. Yeah, and yeah. You know, like it, they could go any any which way, really. And I mean, that was cool as well to kind of hear him. You know, saying depends what kind of in terms of people stepping up and taking notice. Depends what tours they do. Like they seem to have a real real good handle on this stuff in the industry. And um, you know, like Matt uh, actually manages one of our favourite other bands, newer bands, uh, Stand Atlantic. And he, you know, they, I think they share a similar ethos and it's like they're going to put everything into these songs and give them the time that they need so that they're that bit more awesome. Um, and I mean, yeah, you know, as I say, like if you're, if you're a fan of All Time Low, if you're a fan of Stand, if you're a fan of Mayday, all these bands, they're so versatile, they could tour with all these bands. And if you're a fan of those bands, you could be a fan of this album. Um, so yeah, really, really great. And I think the correlation as well between what we were chatting to Dan about as well, that he was saying that, you know, you can do different things with songs on the road that, that are older and then the best thing about that is then on the next album you can write the things that you weren't so happy with on the previous record and like Matt's completely been all about that and the fact that he was like as well you know we're not I love Neck Deep I love State Champs but we're not those bands we're ourselves and we're going to do this with this album awesome Jack like album of the year so far <laughs> uh, it's around there like uh, I've been I've been smashing it a lot like a lot it's it's just such a easy going fun enjoyable album like it doesn't take it doesn't take a lot out of you to listen but still it's infectious enough that you can like it just gets stuck in your frontal lobe for weeks and weeks and weeks so yeah it's it's up there like the boys are doing a good job yeah good one boys yeah it's cracking so yeah definitely get on board with milestones awesome stuff great chat to matt and yeah red lights out next month get on it so yeah, of course, we're coming to an end. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe to us on iTunes. It's been so much fun. It's been pretty crazy this episode, but I've been big into it. Uh, new issue, of course, Nothing Nowhere, shop.rocksound.tv. Reaper Bundle is still available on there, but they are selling fast. So get on that. So many of you out there discovering Joe. Absolutely amazing to see. Um, of course, we've had the brilliant Rob on here who wrote the feature to find out even more about the feature. Um, Rob, what's uh, apart from you know your, your excellent feature, what's the other reason that people should buy the new Mac? <laughs> um, because it's supporting an interest in different artists ultimately and supporting doing cool different things, you know? So uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those like, if you want stuff to happen, then support it. And it's, it's really cool um, how, how that's been going so far. So yeah, cheers everyone. Awesome stuff. And Jack, uh, give us a reason to buy a new issue. Um, Chef Jeff. Well, no, no, not not just because I've written. Um, I, I, I had um, a chat with um, Jeff Wigginton. Not just because I had a chat with Jeff Wigginton and uh, Ryan Scott Graham, and I reviewed the new Dashboard Confessional and Piano's Become the Teeth albums. Not all. No, nothing to do with that. Um, but mainly because, like, this is something. It's different. Like, um, 
like the Joe's story is fascinating and it's so candid and just for someone like him to be in the public eye in such a way that he is now like this and this has gone from like SoundCloud to like worldwide like this is on shelves across the world now his face is there to go from that it takes a huge step for him and like it's it feels like the start of something special like it only comes along every now and then and if you can want to be a part of that like at the start of this because I keep saying in a year's time like he'll be massive like it's getting there now like you watch the numbers and people getting into it like this time next year this is this is the future and like if you want to be a part of that now and just say I was there at the start and I was there with Rock Sound like go down the shop pick it up free worldwide shipping online get on it <laughs> absolutely and we'll see you guys at the Camden Assembly if you're London based in <clears throat> April going to be amazing so yeah Rupert Bundle shop.rocksound.tv send us your picture with the mag let us know your favourite things big shout out to Joe been absolutely amazing follow us on Instagram Twitter Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes follow us on SoundCloud and uh, yeah we'll see you next week for more exciting stuff you guys had a good time oh god yeah yeah the best cheers amazing. thanks Rob yeah thanks Rob thank you it's always a pleasure love you bye bye bye, bye.